It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Now, last time we chatted with Nick Harolumbus, who's the founder of the South African Bricks and Clicks retailer, Nick Harry, where we talked focus, constraint, email marketing and making the decision to cut back your retail footprint. A lot of ground covered, um, so well worth a listen. And if you want to chat about that or anything else in e-commerce, then head over to the e-commerce master plan world Facebook group, which you can find at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. But don't do any of that now because I want to introduce you to today's special guest. Alan Belshaw is the managing director of Sweetheart's Hair, a hair design company who provide both tutorials and the products to create the right look. They launched in September 2015 and are now doing £250,000 per year, growing at 86% year on year. So I think we've probably all got an awful lot we can learn from Alan. Hello, Alan. Hi, Chloe. How are you doing? Really well, thanks. Uh, Lovely to speak with you. Yeah, likewise. And I've just given our listeners a very quick overview of you and your business. And I know there's an awful lot more to it than I've just said. So, but let's, before we get into that, let's talk about how you actually started off in e-commerce. Bizarrely, I didn't start off in e-commerce. I started out um, as a wind turbine technician, building uh, turbines offshore. (laughs) (laughs) And we, my wife created a small hair tutorial based Facebook page with the idea that we would move that into um, creating like pamper parties and such. But we created online video footage and um, based it through Facebook and the growth numbers uh, followership just really accelerated, showing us that there was something to be had in creating valuable content that people were interested in. So we pursued that a little bit further where we realized that there was something there for a customer. I we knew that the in, engagement was there. They were very interested in video videos that Beth was creating. So we decided to test whether we had something that was worth um, engaging to see if there were a market that were interested in buying. Oh, so it's kind of an accident. Absolutely. We basically were looking to create a very small business, one that was local based, and it morphed very quickly um, into realizing that there was bigger opportunities from what we were creating on video content than actually where we were trying to take the business. So you kind of became an accidental countrywide influencer and then decided <laughs> product selling your own products was the way to go. Yeah, sure. We looked at it and we've seen lots of different businesses that have built their followership. They have then marketed that followership in advertised revenue. And we saw that with a lot of success. So you've got Instagram famous people that Mm -hmm. sell very well, but we decided we wouldn't go down that path. We thought we'd try something else and bring, hopefully, the idea being that we'll create our own brand and sell our own brand directly before we sell it as a platform for marketing. So that's a bit more sustainable, one would imagine. That was the hope. Excellent. And that was definitely the hope. So you, when you launched the e-commerce site, when was that? Because you, you started with the videos back in uh, was it 2015. How soon was it that's before right. you went e-commerce? 
Well, what we decided from there was, as we saw the numbers growing, we thought we would test the audience to see whether they were a convertible audience, i.e. they weren't just interested in following if Beth was to launch, say, some accessories or anything that would fit in the hair that she showed. We tried on a really small basis, maybe, I think we were at about 50,000 followers, 40,000 followers, but that came very quickly. So Mm -hmm. it was only maybe a three-month window. Um, we thought we'd trial it, and when we realized that, yes, they were a convertible audience, perhaps we should look into further products. Cool. So did, when you were testing it, did you actually create a product and try and sell it, or was it just a, if we did this, well, what do you think? The, yeah, as you say, initially, the concept was um, we we knew there was a gap in the market for a hair care range that wasn't was designed for parents and children, but wasn't pink or blue and directed specifically with cartoon characters on. We wanted something that would fit in for everybody's mold that that a parent could hold without saying, I am X or I am following this Disney character. So we we looked into it further. We realized the market was there, but we didn't know our audience were convertible at that point. So once we tested that and found they were, we then invested in a chemist and brought a product to market that's been really successful. Oh, excellent. And what was what was the first product? The first product that we launched that was our from our own range, our hair detangler. And it's still far and away our number one seller. It's I mean, we've got like four thousand five star reviews on Facebook specifically for that mm-hmm. one product. Wow. So what I find quite quite interesting is that the videos and the content's all about how to style the child's hair. But yet the product is kind of the before you even get anywhere near a hairbrush product. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Like, well, we 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 recognise that the most convertible product you have is free content, and that will lead you down to having a customer that buys in and trusts you. And it, it sounds kind of subversive, I guess, but that's really not the intention. The whole point of this is that we create free content because we love our audience, and we're trying our hardest to actually give them something that they can use every day. And it's complemented by the product that we sell. So the product that we're selling is also designed specifically for them. It's it's at price that they can afford. It was designed for parents. And it makes their morning much easier through the school room, which was really the whole ethos of the business, which was like we knew what we wanted to sell to them. We, we knew that the product would meet exactly their need because our kids, my two girls have got really long hair, and it's like, it's like a blessing in this house to have that product. So for us to then be able to sell that product and trust it the way we do, but meeting that with the free content, well, we've just sort of like built an audience, a a product around the audience. So yeah, that was our main goal to build something for that audience as a product. And I say it, it meets their demand if that makes sense no that makes perfect sense well look i want to get into a couple of the the key facts around the business and then we'll explore a bit more about how you're growing um so you're based in the uk are you selling uk only or you have you gone global we are based in stock on trent and we sell globally we sell to 50 plus countries i think it's about 50 56 countries right now but we used to sell more we used to sell to more countries um it was initially um somewhere in the region of 65 countries but we found it very difficult to maintain our shipping terms because with royal mail and with all other carriers 
it's quite difficult to to communicate on if you're only English based to international couriers. It's been a very interesting path. <laughs> uh, so we laid that down and brought it just British and English speaking ca- carriers. I suppose it's one of those challenges if you've got, uh, you know, if you start the business with a YouTube channel, is you immediately have that global piece. So you kind of don't have the option exactly. of just keeping yeah. the carrier simple. Oh, that's exactly it. And it was such an interesting one. But Beth, she she's designed, she bases her business solely for the customer. So whereas I'm trying to think of the logistics, she's customer driven 100%. And her first comment to me was, we must be able to sell this to everybody. Anybody that watches us, anybody that follows us, we must meet their demand. And I'm like, okay, let's do that then. So step by step, we tried it and we realized the pitfalls in that and limited it to the bare bones of limitations that we could fit everything else we try to meet. Yeah, I mean, if you're still shipping to 50, that's still an awful lot of countries. It's an awful lot of satisfied <laughs> customers, isn't it? It's like, wow. Um, so what platform yeah. are you running this on? Are you a Shopify, WooCommerce or something else? We're WooCommerce-based. Um, we initially started out on um, Squarespace, but it was just it didn't it limited us for limited us for what we were trying to reach. So there's multi facets to our website. We're trying to build more in, and WooCommerce gives us the flexibility to do that until we eventually have to build a custom built site. So what widgets and plugins do you swear by then? Well, um, we're so badly in flux. It's crazy. So we use a membership scheme for online tutorials. Um, the only things I really use functionality-wise are my reporting systems. So I use the um, extended reports, and that, that's the core of our plugin problems. And obviously, we don't really have that big a website. It's generally just based around a blog and a shop. And then every other form of content comes through our social channels. Because how many products have you got up to now? Because I'm assuming you've got quite a small skew count. Um, not really. It's kind of crazy. We've got somewhere in the region of, uh, I think 35 products on the site at the moment. Um, we've got 120 SKUs, but, um, that's being whittled down to something a little bit more targeted at the moment. Um, but we're changing our business slightly to incorporate a new section that is based around affiliate marketing. Something I picked up from you guys, actually. Um, I was listening to one of your podcasts and they were talking about the importance of affiliate marketing. So we, I'd heard about it, I considered it, looked at it into a bit more depth and realized that actually it would fit lovely inside our brand. Oh, excellent. So you're going to be advertising other people's products in return for commission? Absolutely. We're already selling. We've just brought a new product to market, the uh, Sexy Hair range. Um, It's really useful. Beth uses it in everything that she does. But the UK distribution is run by a company that we're now partnered with. So we'll stock that for them and then sell to retail through our platform. Um, But internationally, it's a US brand. So we will link up all of their branding through affiliates um, within our site. So if you're a US-based customer, we'll geolocate our page to you. You'll then see the affiliate link directly to your local stockist. Oh, nice. So you're, you're actually giving a better customer experience to the customer whilst Absolutely. whilst also creaming a nice little uh, little chunk off the top. Totally. It'll work better for everybody. There'll be low shipping costs for them. It'll benefit us and everybody gets what they want. They wanted the product. They've got a very easy route to it. 
I, I think it's a great idea. And uh, I, the proof's in the pudding. If it works, great. If it doesn't, I'll let you know. <laughs> awesome. Well, let me know either way. Um, so what does the team look like then, Alan? Is it just you and uh, Beth or are there more of you? We've been through a state of flux. Um, we've grown, we've shrunk. We're, it's been a crazy experience. Because the nature of our business grew so quickly, we had to fill a lot of gaps and we re- we recognize the problem that Facebook holds. In fact, Facebook recently announced this. They recently told you that they were going to limit the reach of businesses across Facebook's platform. So what they were going to do is make it a more interactive experience from mm-hmm. a family perspective. But they've been doing this for months and we've seen that gradually decline, gradually decline. Now we recognize this problem initially. So we decided that we would cover our back by um, bringing a sales team together, which we did in-house, and uh, market to local hair salons and stockists, and then push the ball that way, if that makes sense. So we brought in a sales team, we recruited a team, um, started the process, but it is extremely, extremely difficult to create, um, uh, to, to drive a market that way. It's a very difficult process to pass down. And it wasn't returning the benefits that we saw. Um, so we've had to change that team and reduce it slightly. Um, we've now got six members of staff, um, a press manager, Dion. We have two members of staff in the distribution team because we pick them back everything ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, Corinne and Rich, if, if they're going to listen to this, I best name <laughs> Yeah, you better do um, the name checks. <laughs> Yeah, we have an editorial team of Ebony and Maria, and then there's Beth and myself who run the business. So it's down to you and Beth to do the marketing and keep the customers coming in, and the rest of the team are all about making sure that the content gets out there and the brand gets built, I suppose. Exactly that, yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. Well, there is one question which I know several of our listeners will shoot me for if I don't ask you this. Because it's, and I'm, I'm aware this is probably a how long is a piece of string question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, which is how much content do you need to produce? How much, you know, frequency? Is it about the frequency? Is it about the quality? Is it about being on multiple platforms? How much and where? There you go. Huge it's question. question. <laughs> it's a fair question. I can't fault you for asking it. Um, as you rightly pointed out, it's a piece of string. It depends what you're looking for. And the way Facebook changes its algorithm makes it even more confusing. Um, the only thing that's really important with content creation is that you're creating shareable content that, um, as was previously pointed out by one of your uh, podcast interviewees, the most important thing about creating your, your content is that it's engaging for that particular customer. So, um, I believe you were talking about email marketing. It's no different. It's not different from Facebook content, from YouTube content. All it needs to be is something that meets your customer's eye. So as that eye, your customer's eye crosses your content, if they engage in that and they're willing to share it, that is the way you will pick up your content. There's no real requirement to share every day, every hour. I mean, you can, you can read a hundred different books and get a hundred different answers. The reality is you'll know what works for you when you get your content right because your customers will constantly drive that. Um, so, I mean, in short answers for us, if we, we produce content daily, um, if we don't produce some form of content every day through Facebook, we will notice a drop in our sales. But that doesn't mean to say that it's the same for everybody. So would you say it's about understanding the customer, creating content that appeals to the customer and then finding the right place to put it? It's not about going, I want to be on YouTube. 
I honestly, that is absolutely right. You, you, you could be, you could be on YouTube. There's different. That each platform offers its own prize, I guess. Mm-hmm. With YouTube, it's a great slow burner. So we've seen continual growth in our YouTube um, subscriber list. We're now at like 250,000 subscribers. And our most performed videos are the first videos that we shot because they constantly regenerate and they're constantly recycled through YouTube. So we get a great return off them from ad revenue. It does really well there, but... It's a again. It's a slow burner. If you if, if you put it on and you and it, and it picks up traction within YouTube, it will continually pick up traction. It, it, it doesn't seem to die off. If you get the right content on YouTube, it continually runs. Whereas with Facebook, if you get the right content, great. It's only got maybe two, three, four days of legs until it gets picked up by another magazine. If you're lucky, if it's the right content, if it's really shareable, and then magazine, online magazines will turn it over and turn it over and turn it over, and it'll come back to you then. But truthfully, um, each platform has its own benefits. And if anybody ever wants to ask a question, they just have to contact me. I'm more than willing to answer. That's very kind of you. Um, I'm sure there'll be a few who want to get in contact. Um, (laughs) Obviously, Facebook, as you said, it's so transient. You know, you put the content up there, you've got a couple of days and it's gone, if not a couple of hours. Um, Are you going purely for organic Facebook reach or are you spending on Facebook ads as well? It's like you know what to ask me here. It's amazing because basically when we made the decision to change the the business model from having the sales team, we recognized that there was going to be a shortfall. There was a gap that we needed Mm -hmm. to push into. Now, um, we, funnily enough, um, Sarah Willingham, ex-member of the Dragon's Den. Oh, yeah. um, She's a follower of Beth on Instagram. And um, I said, I'm in contact with her and we, had a bit of a chit chat with her and she said the number one thing you can do right now to make your business move forward is um, invest in Facebook adverts and get a quantifiable number that sits down for your cost of sale which yeah makes perfect sense it's absolutely obvious to us now so we started this plan and we started investing in Facebook ads instead of trying to push for organic content now I see the value in organic content don't get me wrong if you get a great organic video you get free publicity it mm-hmm. travels the world it picks up great but it isn't quantifiable and what we're really working towards now is getting those numbers for the cost on sale through our main channel which is facebook and getting the right content there's so many tips and tricks that are attributable to facebook's ability to market i've never seen a platform like it where you can where you can Break down the analytics of your audience that you create from one video, then create a secondary audience off the back of that one, then create a lookalike that meets all the characteristics of that audience. It's just, it's legion. There's so much information and so much you can do with it that we've invested nicely in Facebook now, and that's not going to change. We're going to, cons- instead of trying to rebuff it and trying to, trying to shield ourselves from paying Facebook, we're going to embrace it and we're going to really really double down and getting our numbers tight with Facebook. And I'm guessing you're running that in-house rather than going to an agency to do it for you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a learning curve for us. I want to see the numbers. I'm really excited about it. I've already, we started the testing process through November and we've seen on advert on advert to specific audiences, we can see that we're reducing the cost of sale every time because we're understanding our audience better we're learning more from the analytics that are being given back to us and we're able to then shape content 
in a more defined way specific to customer. Just as a quick example, I know this is ridiculous, but we really, we recently released um, a hair tool and it's designed for creating volume in hair. Um, we put it out as, as a wide audience to somewhere in the region of 20-year-olds to 55, 60-year-olds, um, just as a general pattern to see what came back with a very young model. We could see that the 22-year-old the model, um, people that were 22 to 30 really engaged with that video. And when we used Beth's mum, as it turns out, for an, a video, the older model, the 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 demographic between 45 and 65 really engaged with that video. I know it's common sense, but I'm no marketer. As I say, I used to build wind turbines, but we're learning from the ground up. And it's just blatant common sense, but until you know it, you can't know it. And now we're seeing that the evidence in that, and it's really paying off for us. I know for the last couple of months, I've been saying to clients, you know, if you've got a Facebook ad that's working, Split it out by gender. Split it out by dem- you know by age range, yeah, yeah. and see okay, how it, how you can everything. And it, and it's it's amazing. People go, oh, of course, men and women would re- would react to different images. I never thought of that. And it's like, yeah, but it's it's a way Crazy, of tweaking the results and tweaking the results, tweaking the results. So I always say in e-commerce, there are no stupid questions ever. No fair. It was something I'll just quickly um, go back. Mm-hmm. You asked me about. Um, aspects to WordPress that I use now. Um, there are a couple of tools that I'm a massive fan of. Um, I don't know if any of your team ever use Ad Espresso. Um, Facebook's just recently released something similar to this in its Facebook Creative inside its um, business page. So Ad Espresso makes your initial um, advert testing process super easy like I found it really difficult if you use it if you create an advert on Facebook it's very clunky you can only really test a couple of things and it makes it really difficult Ad Espresso basically paints the picture for you I'm sure there are other products that are similar to that but that's the one that I've used and I found it like an absolute dream it's taught me so much excellent brilliant tip thank you for adding that one in um, now I I could sit here and chat Facebook ads with you for quite some time but I'm going to resist the urge to do that <laughs> instead I'm going to ask you one more question question before we get into the top tips round which is what do you think is the most awesome thing about your business right now i know it's a tough one the most awesome it is there's there's aspects to our business that i love the the most awesome thing that i've found for our business so far is the realization that we we have the ability in our hands right now to, and sadly, this, you've just tried to redirect me from Facebook. I'm bringing you straight back. No, to that's it. okay. I mean, <laughs> the, the reality is that we've realized that we can quantify what our sales are going to be. And it's not a, a, an exact science, but it's pretty close. And it's, we're in a position by the fact that we've got an editorial team, by the fact that we've got somebody that can create free content that engages our audience. The sky's the limit for what we can actually achieve, provided we just stay focused on what we're trying to achieve, which is build brand, build free content, and then work out what the brand is costing us, essentially, to market. Does that make sense? That makes perfect <laughs> sense. Because it, it's that truism that if you if you get an ad method – be it Google, be it Facebook, be it Instagram, be it Pinterest, whichever ad method you're going for, be it newspaper ads, quite frankly, Mm. and you find the model that works, then you know 
what your cost per acquisition is or your cost per sale is. Yeah. And then you're like, right, if I spend a hundred pounds, I'm going to get, let's say, make it nice round numbers, you're going to get a thousand pounds back. If I spend a thousand pounds, I'll get ten thousand pounds. Exactly. So all, which, which not only is good to know that you can invest and get the return, but it's also brilliant because it means you know, how much volume you're going to have because you have some element of control over that because yeah. you're going I'm going to spend two grand next next month so I know therefore I need to have 20 grand's worth of stock to sell yeah you, you, I mean that's exactly it. it's so empowering because previously we've been reliant on organic work within Facebook because that's far and away our biggest draw to site um, but it's largely unquantifiable because we've got no data telling us what's going to work and what's not going to work I mean, yes, I'm sure we could have drawn it down, but it wasn't very clear. Here, it's in bold text. This works, this doesn't. This is why, this is why it doesn't. And that is like gold to us. Okay, well, let's see see if we can find some more gold and uh, we'll go into the top tips round. Uh, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas, hopefully, for taking their businesses to the next level. Um, Alan, first up, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I got a couple because I couldn't settle for one. Um, that's okay. Number one book for me that I first read that I really enjoyed that brought me into um, understanding entrepreneurship really was um, Ask Gary V. Uh, really interesting read. Mm-hmm. Uh, went through the front to back of it. Took me like a day. It was amazing. Um, he's got a very abrasive manner, but um, empowering all the same. I really enjoyed it. But secondly, I can't ignore The Art of Social Media by Guy Kawasaki because in there you've just got a wealth of info. Two brilliant recommendations there. Now, next up is the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I'm sure you've already covered the answer here, but we'll go with it again. I mean, it's not per se a marketing um, platform, but the most important thing for me is content. And it doesn't matter where you put it. It doesn't matter how you use it. As long as you've got that right and you understand the audience that sits inside that viewership, the only thing that matters is you tailor your content correctly to your audience. And I mean, I could talk to you about email marketing where I'm very weak. I don't know a lot about it at all. And I'm not, we, we don't see the returns that we want, but that's only because we don't understand that platform. I don't think there's a strong one or a weak one. I just think you'll, you'll do best with the platform you understand best that you use well to build your content around that. Oh, there is a lot to be said for playing to your strengths. Isn't that the truth? A lot. Oh, a lot to be said to that. Um, okay, the tool top tip. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plug in a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Literally the hardest thing I have found is to get my team to use tools to collaborate. They just walk in, they phone each other, they talk to each other and actually trying to get them to organise each other to be a collaboration is like pulling teeth. But that being said, as I've already said to you, we uh, use Ad Espresso, which is great because you can put some form of advert together, save it a draft, leave it for the editor to pick up and work with. Works really well. Um, it costs, and Facebook at the moment are bringing something else um, into their business, creative into their um, power editor and stuff. If you look in there, you can also find a very similar tool, but Ad Espresso is my number one. And a secondary one that I love and another member of the team loved, um, but as I say, trying to get them to use it is the pulse. 
Um, I don't know if you know the Pulse. It's like a project management tool. I found it great. It's really easy to use and it structures my day nicely. But getting everybody else to use it is just so difficult. <laughs> There'll be a lot of people going, oh, so true. Um, okay. <laughs> Now then, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Well, that's kind of what we've been doing, really. This is exactly what I've been working on through our social platform. So, I mean, it doesn't matter how you do it. It doesn't matter what platform you use. The most important thing is you have to study your customer. Define them as closely as you possibly can. Understand what they look like, who they are, how they spend, where they go. I mean, it's marketing strategies that I obviously should have known before we started this, but they're the only thing that we can see that really makes a difference. Test what you've found. Test the information you've got once you've tested it. I mean, and, and by, by testing, I mean, that can be anything. Spend some money on the advert stream, however that might be. If it's in a newspaper, if it's on Google, put a little bit of money to it. Get your analytics back. Strip it down again, retest it until you know what works, and then try and scale it. And if it works at scale, try it again at a newer, a bigger scale. And if it keeps going, keep going. Ah, oh, some more excellent advice there. Master Plan World, you can find all these top tips and links to everything else we've been talking about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, or you'll see a link to this show. Now, Alan, before we say goodbye, could you let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Absolutely. You can find us at sweetheartshair.com. You'll find us on pretty much every social platform. So, but Critically, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you are looking for an offer, I believe that was something that we were hoping for. Um, oh, yeah. We have a little treat for you. Um, oh, lovely. If you, use, um, if you use the code MASTERPLAN on our site, you can get yourself onto the Sweethearts Bundle. And now I don't know how many guys will be interested in this. Um, it's a volumizer <laughs> and a little brush and some um, hair care products. And it's coming in with 20% discount on Oh, how marvellous. Thank you very much for that. Um, I'll add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. And Alan, you did very kindly offer to help anyone earlier. Presumably if they go to the contacts page on your website, they'll find you that way. You can contact us through there, contact us through Facebook, but if it's an email, just send it straight to contact at sweetheartsair.com and I'll pick it up from there. Oh, lovely. Well, look, Alan, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, for being so generous sharing your experience with us. It's been an absolute pleasure and I wish you an awesome 2018. Likewise, I hope you have a great time and thank you very much for getting in touch. Well, I'd love to say I planned the fact that both last week's episode and this week's episode were heavily about focusing in on the right platforms, but I can't claim that. But it is it is nice to hear two such different yet both successful retailers talking about how it's about focusing in and perfecting that marketing channel that works for you. So some great insights there from Alan. And also, of course, that content point of view. They're a business founded on content. And what was it he said? He said that you need to get the right content for your audience and then put it where they are. It's that simple. So be really clear on who your customer is and create the content that's going to resonate with them and then find the right way to get it in front of them. It is in many ways that simple and I'm aware that it's not that it, it that's not as simple as it sounds, but it is it is pretty straightforward people. Uh, she says contradicting herself. So uh, whilst I try and stop contradicting myself, I think we'll, we'll end it there. 
Um, thank you all for listening. If you've got any questions or thoughts, then please do join in the discussion in our Facebook group at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. And of course, there is my session on Facebook ads in the virtual summit if you are yet to get started on those, amongst lots of other topics. Those are all still available for you to watch and register to see for free, completely for free at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash summit. Have a great week, all of you, and keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.